You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Well, hello, hello, hello. God bless everyone who's listening tonight. This is Minister Vanessa Williams, and I'm so pleased and excited that you decided to join us at this time. I counted the honor and the privilege to be part of such a wonderful network of brothers and sisters. Our network is called When Christian Speak Talk Radio, founded by Reverend Ray Rose. We expect people's lives to be changed in such a way that you will go out and make a difference in someone else's life. The title of my program, which is every Tuesday night at 7, is His Abounding Grace. And that was taken from Romans 5.20, which says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Tonight's message is called Salvation. We're going to talk about salvation. The topic Salvation is no separation. And the main scripture would be Romans 8, chapter, and the 35th through the 39th verse. But before we read the scriptures, I want to go ahead and give you a little bit more highlight about this program, His Abounding Grace. And then we're going to pray and get right into the message. His Abounding Grace is a marvelous gift that we, you know, oftentimes take it for granted. It's because of His grace. The second chance exists. It is because of his grace that we are not consumed. It is because of his gift, his grace, that the enemy is already defeated. So instead of using his grace as an opportunity to continue to sin, we should be praising God contingent through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that grace did much more about. So my prayer this evening, as it always will be, is that this message would encourage you to strengthen your relationship with God. And if you do not have a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, my prayer is that this message will convict you and touch your heart in such a way that you will want to know Jesus for yourself. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, because of who you are. Lord, you're faithful, Lord God, all your ways, Lord God. And we just claim victory right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for all those who are listening in tonight. I ask you, Lord God, to allow them to open up their hearts and minds to receive everything you have for them tonight, Lord God, and that they would um, not just be hearers of the word, but doers only. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you know the needs of your people, Father, for whatever they stand in need of, Lord God. We thank you, Father that you are a great provider in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I ask, Lord God, that you allow me to decrease, that your word will increase even within me, Lord God, even more so, Father, and that you would get all the honor, you would get all the glory, and you would get all the praise because, Father, we thank you. You alone are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Amen. Well, let's see. Salvation. No separation. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans 8, 
and 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The question comes, should trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? 36, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 37, thank God for verse 37, says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You see, when you accept his saving grace, when you accept salvation, you never need to worry about being separated from God. My sin was great, but his grace was greater, praise God. Ephesians 2nd chapter 8th and 9th verse says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that anyone can boast. John 3 says, we, in John 3, which we're going to read that a little bit, John 3, we are introduced to a member of the Jewish community who was recognized as a teacher. Apparently, he's a man in high standards. His name is Nicodemus. Like many other Jews, he had been waiting and watching for the Messiah to come because the Israelites had been bondage for so long in Rome. The Roman Empire was in control of the world, and the Jewish people were subject to their laws. The Jewish people were looking for a Savior to come. They were expecting the Savior to come and set up his kingdom on earth. So we can imagine that Jesus' response to Nicodemus' statement really shook him up. Jesus told him, you must be born again. So let's go to John 3rd chapter, beginning with the third verse. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. The fourth verse, Nicodemus is surprised at Jesus' response, and he's puzzled. At least he acts like he is. And he says, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus responds in the fifth verse, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked Jesus. Jesus looked at Nicodemus and he said, you are Israel's teacher. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. 
I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And the 16th verse, 16th verse, oh my goodness. For God so loved the world, you try to repeat this with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the 17th, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 18th verse says, whosoever believes in him is not condemned, but whosoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You know, brothers and sisters, salvation is a gift from our Heavenly Father. It's a gift that is given by his grace. Your faith is not a work. You can't work your way into heaven. I don't care how hard you try. You're not going to get there just by working your way to heaven. You won't get there. What is grace? A favor from God that is not earned. You can't work towards grace. It's a gift. God's grace is not dependent on our own acts, but solely on the fact that God chooses, I love that, that he chooses to give it to us. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, lacking nothing broken. Talking about unmerited favor, unmerited favor. John one seventeen says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And here we go, Ephesians, the second chapter, 8 and 9 verse. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. So I'll ask you this question this evening. Have you accepted this free gift? Have you accepted salvation by grace through faith? Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you, my brother, 100% certain you will spend eternity into heaven? Are you sure of that, my sister? Well, you may be asking, sister, why are you always in my business? And my response is simple. Because your business is God's business. And going about executing God's business is what we as Christians, are mandated to do. Yes, I'm talking about the Great Commission as mandated in Matthew's 28th chapter, the 19th and the 21st, where Jesus is speaking. He tells us, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Mm, mm, mm. Salvation means no separation, no separation from God, and no eternal separation from those loved ones who die in Christ. It is because of his love that God the Father wrapped himself up in his son and came down to a sinful world and walked among people. It is because of his love that God the Son, Jesus, suffered many afflictions and went to the cross for us. It is because of his love that Jesus died for us. It is because of his love that he was resurrected for us. And it is because of his love that he never ever leaves us alone, for he left us his beautiful spirit 
the Holy Spirit, to guide us, to protect us, to comfort us, to keep us. So I'm simply following his commandment to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Following his greatest commandment is Matthew 22, 36 to 46. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Following this commandment, that's what we're about because we're about Jesus' business. So getting back to my question, get into your business. Have you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? That is, have you acknowledged that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins? Have you acknowledged? Have you asked for forgiveness? Have you repented of your sins and by faith received his forgiveness? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and save you? So if you answer yes to these questions, then you've accepted this wonderful gift of salvation, and then you too have a responsibility, just like I do, of reaching the law for Christ. So I'm not asking you, are you a Christian? Because so many people say they are, but if you ask them what this means, they have all sorts of answers. They would say, yeah, I go to church. They would say, I try to treat all people right. They would say, I try to live a good life. They would say to treat others as they want to be treated. They would say they believe in God. But if you ask them what does the word Christian mean, they really don't know. You know, Wikipedia defines Christians as people who follow or adhere to Christianity, a religion based on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. I did some um, fact-finding in um, talking about Christians and just how many Christians exist today, according to some survey someone did. Nigeria has 80,510,000 Christians. India, 7 million Christians. United States, 246,790,000. Germany, 58,240,000. But where do all these statistics come from? Where the hearts of these people search? Just someone take a poll and come up with these numbers. Are you counted as one of these numbers, or did you misrepresent when taking the survey? or taking the poll. You see, man cannot see into your heart, but God can. So do God count you among these numbers? Christians living a Christ-like life, are you saved? If you're not, you better stop playing, for this is not a game. People of all ages and all backgrounds are dying every day. I was speaking to one of my friends today who told me that one of her girlfriends, only 61 years old, had died just yesterday. Um, not expected to die. I mean, just died. I've been, I know you've heard stories of someone who went to bed one night and didn't wake up in the morning, you know. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. So I ask you, examine yourself. Are you saved? You better be sure. You see, you can fool some of the people all of the time. You may be able to fool all of the people some of the time. But get this, you may even have conditioned your own mind to convince yourself that you are saved by the works that you do. But get this, you can't fool God none of the time. When you stand before God on that great judgment day, what will he say to you? He's not going to ask you about your religion. He's not going to ask you how long will you a member of a church or what church you belong to. He's not going to ask you how many ministries you participated in or how many people you helped on the street or gave food to. He's not going to ask you about your community service or how many people you took to church. 
He is not even going to ask you whether you pay tithes or how much money you gave to the poor. He is definitely not going to ask you what title or position you held at work or even in society of the local church. As a matter of fact, God doesn't need to ask you anything. For he has the book, and he already has the answers. Get this. You will either be welcome until you return to have me home, come on in, thy good and faithful servant, or rejected at the door by this fact only. What was your relationship with my son, Jesus Christ? I want you to think about that for a minute. What was your relationship with my son, Jesus Christ? Matthew 7, chapter 21, verse says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. The 22nd verse, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then would I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You don't want to be in that position, my sister, to be separated from God from all eternity. Does God know you? Does God count you among the numbers that he knows? Is he satisfied with your relationship with his son, Jesus Christ? 23, and then when I could profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Don't be a hypocrite. Who are you fooling? It's a hypocrite to be a preacher or a teacher of his word and yet do not obey his word yourself. You expect others to follow him, but you aren't even doing so. That's hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. It's hypocrisy to come to church on Sunday and live like a devil on Monday. It's hypocrisy to look all dressed up on the outside and yet on the inside your heart is not right. It's hypocrisy to tell someone else what they should be doing when you're doing the same thing and work, it's hypocrisy. Matthew 7, 3. And why beholdest thou the most that is in thy brother's eye, but considers not the being that is in thy own eye? Or would thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the no- no- moat out of thy eye, and behold, a being is in thy own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the being out of thy own eye, and then shall thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of that brother's eye. Are you saved or are you living in life? Are you a hypocrite? Now, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, before we end this message, we will give you the opportunity to do so. For now, I want to focus on those who have accepted his rich salvation. That gets to my topic, salvation, no separation. Number one, salvation assures that you have a ticket that will not expire. Salvation assures you of a ticket that no man can steal from you. Salvation assures that you have a ticket that no one can cancel. Oh, yes, Jesus tells us in John 10, 10, the thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, Jesus says, that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Not only does Jesus want you to have an abundant life there here on earth, but more importantly, rest assured, he wants you to know God. He wants you to know God. John 14 and 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Salvation equals no separation. This ticket guarantees your eternal life with our Savior. 
This ticket should give you confidence that this earthly home is not your eternal home. Mm. Salvation so rich and so free guarantees entrance into a heavenly home, most importantly, with our Savior. And get this. I get joy when I think about this as well. It also assures a grand reunion with our loved ones who died in Christ. Salvation, no separation. This gives us eternal hope that whatever is going on in this life, it's only temporary. You may be going through trials and tribulations and disappointments. You may have heartaches and pains and suffering. This is all going to pass away. It's only temporary, only temporary. Salvation, no separation from God. Salvation, no separation, no eternal separation from those that you love who died in Christ. Romans 8, chapter. Romans 8, 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Do you get that? The creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Salvation, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Salvation equals hope. Psalm 42, 11, David says, Why, my soul, are thou cast down? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my salvation and my God. Salvation means joy. John 15, 11. I've told you this, Jesus says. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Joy. Mm, 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 mm. Salvation means peace. John 14, 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give it out to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Salvation is hope, joy, and peace. You can't separate these three. Confident in knowing that there is no eternal separation from a loved one who died in Christ. First Thessalonians 4. Let's read First Thessalonians 4. Yeah, 13 verse, starting with the 13 verse. For I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, as you sorry not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Christ, that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Talking about our loved ones who died in Christ. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, 16th verse, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, hallelujah, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. That gives me joy. 
That gives me hope. That gives me peace. Knowing that God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to down the cross for us. And that he's coming again, as he said he would. And that we'll be reconnected, not just with God, but with our loved ones. First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the NIV version says, Brothers, I'm reading this again in a different version. We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who has no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God would raise with Jesus, would bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep with him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we which are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not receive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a loud voice and with a voice, <laughs> with a loud command, hallelujah, and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet sound of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, get this, you guys, and so we will be with the Lord. How long? Forever. How long? Forever. Forever. And we can comfort each other. We can carry each other these words. So if that's not enough to get you excited, if that's not enough to show you that salvation equals no permanent separation from your loved ones who died in Christ, listen to this. This is the first Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Moreover, brethren, first, first, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And the verse of the Scriptures just awesome. goes on to talk about how Jesus was seen by Cephas, who was one of the 12 disciples, and how Jesus was seen among 500 brethren at once, and how he was seen by James, and then how he was seen by all of his apostles. And last of all, Paul says, he was seen by me. For I'm the least of the apostles, Paul says. But the 10th verse says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. And then he says in the 12th and 13th verse, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain? Is your faith also in vain? And he goes on to say, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Yet ye are, ye are yet in your sins. If in this life only, and this is where I want to get to it, 19th verse, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. In other words, if this present life is the only thing you, you're hoping for, if this is the only thing that there is, we are already doomed. We are already doomed. But praise be to God. The 21st verse says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and remain the first truth of them that slept. For since by man came death, 
by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Praise God. At First Corinthians 13, chapter, Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery, that we shall not all flee, that we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. The 55th verse, O oh, death, where is thy sting? There are some of us who have lost loved ones, and, you know, we might be, we might be even grieving today, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that the word of God says there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day when you're going to acknowledge and you're going to know, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation, no separation, no separation. Hallelujah. No separation. I want you to think about that for a minute. As I go to talk a little bit about the story of the of Lazarus. The story of Lazarus. The story of Jesus said Martha married the brother Lazarus. The beautiful story. Beautiful story. Talks about um there was a man named Lazarus and he was sick and he was from Bethany. Um, and in the village of Mary and her sister Martha, these are this is the family Jesus had visited uh, quite often. Quite often, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now was last sick, was the same one who had poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And the word of God lets us know that He didn't come right away. Jesus did not come right away. When He heard this, Jesus said. This sickness will not end to death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified in it. But that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. Can you imagine how his disciples must have been thinking after Jesus waited two days? And then one of them said, a short while ago, the Jews just tried to stone you. You want to go back? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, for they see that this world, by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, Jesus tells them, but I'm going there to wake them up, wake them up. The disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. They didn't realize that Jesus was talking about Lazarus had died. So then Jesus told him, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, one of the disciples, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. <laughs> so Jesus goes and he comforts the sisters. And he gets there, he finds that Lazarus is already been placed in a tomb for four days. For four days. And when, when he, Jesus gets there, Martha hears Jesus come, and she goes out to meet him, but Mary stays at home. And Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will tell, give you whatever you ask. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in resurrection at the last day. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
the one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whosoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she responds, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And then we know from this story that Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. And many people marvel at this great mystery and miracle. Salvation. No separation from God. No separation. So I'm going to ask you again. Are you saved? Are you ready? Are you saved? Are you sure you're saved? Matthew 24, chapter 42nd verse says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord shall come. But know this, if the goodman of the house had known of which watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready for such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Will you be ready? Will you be ready? Something to think about. It's a sad, a hard, it'll be a sad, a horrifying day for those who are not prepared, for those who will be left behind. Salvation, no separation. It doesn't matter what you've done with your life. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are, are you saved? It doesn't matter what state of affairs you are in. It doesn't matter what your past is. Stop allowing your past to define you right now at this very moment. Are you saved? It doesn't matter if you've been baptized because baptism itself does not save you. It does not save you. Are you saved? If you're not giving your life over to Christ and you just keep on sinning, your final destination will not be in heaven. For heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Your final destination, my friend, will be hell. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Revelation 20, chapter the 14th and 15th verse says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whatsoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So if you're not saved tonight, as I end, if you're not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus into your heart, if you are not 100% sure you will spend eternity in heaven, I want you to listen very closely. It's not too late if you're hearing my voice. If you're hearing this message, it's not too late. Right now, Jesus stands ready, arms outstretched to welcome you home. If you're not safe, if you're not repentant of your sins and accepted Jesus into your heart, if you're not 100% sure you'll spend eternity in heaven, listen up. Nobody can save you but Jesus. There's only one way to God, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, I'll read it again. Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Acts 4th chapter, trust first, neither is there salvation in any other, <clears throat> excuse me, but there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Are you born again? Have you made the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord? Romans 10, 9 says, Because that shall confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in our heart that God has raised up from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So the first thing you need to do is to admit that you are a sinner. So Romans 3.10 says, and it's, it, it's written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You need to be willing to turn from your sins, that is to repent. And three, you need to believe that Jesus Christ died for you, 
was buried and rose from the dead. For Romans 10 says that for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And right now, through prayer, you can ask Jesus to come into your life to become your personal Savior. Right now, if you're not making this confession, Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you have not, take the time right now to repeat this prayer after me. This is the best prayer you will ever pray. Dear God, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sins. I am willing to turn from sin. I now invite Christ to come into my heart and life as my personal Savior. Mm. If you just trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you've just begun a wonderful new life in him. So you need to get a Bible and read it every day to get to know Jesus better. Talk to God in prayer every day and share his love with others. Get involved in a local church where Jesus Christ is preached as the final authority. If you have just prayed that prayer, the angels in heaven are rejoicing along with you, and we are rejoicing as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for those who accepted you, Lord God, and now, Lord God, are called our true brothers and sisters. We thank you, Lord God, that they can say with assurance that salvation means no separation from you, God. We thank you, Lord God, that they will not just be hearers of the word, but do us only, Lord God. And they would go out and encourage someone else, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that this message was not in vain. The word went out, Lord God. And as you said it would, it would not return to you aboard. They would go out and accomplish that which you have purposed for it to accomplish. We thank you for that, Lord God, and we thank you for all that you've done. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, we listen carefully to station announcements. And until the next time, just remember that Jesus is Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to When Christians Speak Talk Radio. This is just a reminder. Here's Savannah and Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams. It's every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work with Pastor Pat Randall is every Thursday at 12 noon. Friday Night Joy with Pastor Ray is the first, the second, and the fourth Fridays at 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Pastor Ray is the first and the third Sundays at 7 p.m. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Norena Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration with Evangelist Louis McIlwain is every third Monday of the month at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, the body of one with Pastor Eric and Pastor Tamika Thompson is every fourth Sunday at 7 p.m. Hour 3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Antonio Mitchell, Tyrone Rose, Cleophus Malone, and Esther Green is every second Sunday at 7 p.m. Our weekly prayer is called Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. This is a free conference call number. The number is 712-770-5505. That's code is 732 
Amen. Also, I want to remind you of Matters of the Heart Singles Ministry broadcast. We broadcast every third Friday at 7 p.m. Our hosts are Renee Malone, Ray Rose, Hope Williams, Robert Waring, Maggie Wilson, and Felicia Shears. We're excited about this group of people. Our singles coming together and speak and say what does says the Lord. We also have the more newest broadcast called Spiritual Nuggets of Truth. And then we're there on the second and the fourth month the other month at 8 p.m. is led by Minister Carmen A. Booker. And we appreciate her coming on and being new to the family. Amen. We want to encourage you to go and check out our website of When Christ Speak Talk Radio. And on that you can find a little bit more about the different hosts and a little bit more about uh, what we got going on, some of the previous broadcasts and platforms that you use. Also, you will be able, if you would like to sow a seed or a donation into the ministry, you can do that now by clicking on Donate Now. I thank you for your time, and again, I thank you for listening to When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. God bless you.